Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, are you happy? Happy New Year, everybody. That's a little bit more convincing, so glad that you're here with us on this first Sunday of 2019. If you are like me, you're a New Year's resolution cynic. I've become that way over time. I think it has to do with my failures, really, and it's kind of like, you know, and, and, and I want to fix that. Because there's nothing wrong with setting goals for yourself and coming back on track and doing things. But, you know, the pattern for me is that New Year's always comes after Christmas. And there's all the broken rules where everything goes, I can eat whatever, celebrate, celebrate. So it seems like New Year's resolution always has to do with losing weight and doing better on my diet and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just resolution cynic. Okay, so we're going to up the ante and go into a far better place when we start thinking about goals for 2019, and it's going to actually challenge us um, a lot, and so I'm bringing this this series called Selfless, uh, four sessions together on different aspects and topics where we need to go beyond setting goals for self, because we tend to do it almost in a self-centered way. It's all about me, I need to do this for me, and I need to do that for me, and I gotta, I'm going to do this and this for me, and uh, I'm just a cynic that way. It doesn't, it's, I fail for one thing, because I'm trying harder from me to do this about me, and it just ends up, uh, okay? So, hold on, <laughs> buckle up, because, and some of you are going to be like, whoa, I'm sorry I came, you know, because it's really challenging stuff, and I'm bringing it for my sake. Join with me as we try to go with bigger, loftier goals, because life isn't about me. If you really want to enjoy the better life, and here's the thing, don't we all want to enjoy the better life? When we come to New Year's, we're all talking about trying to make life better, and if you make it all about you, we know what happens, like, okay, in your brain, just think of that person that you, don't, don't say it out loud, that you think is like the most selfish person in the world. You know, they're like arrogant. They always treat you like you're nothing compared to them because all life is, you know, they're more important. They got all this and it's all about them. They're self-centered, arrogant, rude. Arrogance is when life is all about you because you're better than everybody. And rude is when you treat others as if that's true. It's all about me and I'm better than you and I'm being rude to you, right? So you think of that person? Do you want to be like that? No sign-ups, okay? So when we're doing New Year's resolutions, setting goals for self, it's not about all about me. No, we got to up it to what does God want, all right? So we're going to jump into a topic that's a really challenging topic, and I need to hear it because I'm really bad at this, and here we go. Selfless, session one, bold in witness. Now, I'm bringing this to you because I'm not good at this. You probably think I am good at this. I'm not good at this. Here at work, sorry, here at work, I'm pretty good at this, okay? I mean, it's to be expected. Here's what I prepare for, but in the unprepared moments, when it's out in the world where people don't know this is what I'm supposed to be, it's like, I don't really even want you to know that I am who I am because as soon as I tell you who I am, you go, ugh, and they don't want to have anything to do with me, all that stuff. So I have all this, int- I'll go to therapy. Can you help me out? All right. Now, bold in witness. All of this series is going to start with Jesus' incredible statement. And it's a big one. Matthew, here's what we read. 
Jesus' words. Chapter 16, verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, that is, if you want to be a follower, learner from Jesus, to be like him, mentored by him, to grow to be more like him, if you want to be my disciple, you must... Uh, he must deny, or let me start over. Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Okay, do you see the title of the series there? Selfless, deny themselves. Now, obviously there's a paradox here. The paradox is this. The more that we do this and we are selfless, it's actually better for self. You're, you improve self. We all just kind of agree with that. We thought of the most selfish person and we think, ah, I don't want to be like that, right? That's because they're selfish, self-centered. Now, in our New Year's resolutions, we come up with all these goals. What we often do is we, we as believers, we say, God, would you help us with our goals? Help us with our goals. And it's still self-centered. And we're asking God to help us with our goals. And that's upside down. That's, something's not right with that. Okay, we set you up for that last week if you were here with our guest speaker. He talked about first things first. He took another key thought of Jesus. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything else will be added unto you, okay? First priority is for God. Why? Because God is the source. He is the center. He's what all of life is all about. We need to revolve around him and find out what he wants, and then we will actually experience a better life. If we really believe that, our life begins to improve as we rotate from all about me, all about me, to focused on him and centering our lives around him, and he starts to order everything else. We receive everything else, too. Be careful with that one. As he wants it to be ordered around the lives when we honor him. However, this is tough. Take up their cross. This is to die for better life. It's so grand, this purposeful way of living, that you're willing to give it your all, even if it costs everything. And it's going to make your life better now and forever. All right? So with this big concept, we're going to start with this big focus. God, I want what you want. Use me to reach someone for you. So I'm starting with this topic on selfless. We're going to go with the next topic and next topic next topic. Four different topics as we're looking at what does it look like to go for what God wants? Well, the first thing that it looks like is that life is about his kingdom. And what did he come for? He came to bust apart the kingdom of darkness, rescue people out of the clutches of the kingdom of darkness, rescue them into the kingdom of light forever. That's what it's about. And he's saying, you want to follow me? Join me in that mission. And we want to add Jesus to our kingdom. No, join me in my mission. I want my kingdom to grow. I want my life to be better. I want to be healthier, happier, and famous, whatever. And it's like, something's not right with those goals. So we reorient ourselves to what God wants. Here's where we are going. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. See that in the topic? Bold in witness. And now we have it in Jesus' charge to the disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Now, let me pause there. 
What he's saying is, wait, wait, okay? He's resurrected from the dead. He says, don't, don't go out and blab it all and say what's going on yet. Wait, you need the power for this to take place. Have you ever met somebody who just is the kind of person that makes you not want to be at this, this type of uh, setting where we're asking you to be bold and witness? You think of that person, they're too pushy, they're rude, they think they know it all, they're right, and they're blabbing about all of God, Jesus stuff, and offending people left and right, and you think that person, right, they're bold and witness. Okay, hold go. This is not this. They're bold and arrogant and rude, like that guy you were thinking of. They're all about them. They think they're better. Everybody else is wrong. And they're bold and pushy and trying to get everybody to be right like them. And they're rude in the process. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about wait, wait, wait. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses. You truly experience a reality that you can't help but talk about. You need to know about this. This is to die for. This is so real. This has reoriented my life. It's shifted everything. It's changed me. I want to talk to you about that. And it doesn't sound like arrogance. It sounds like I was really messed up. I've still got a long ways to go. But this really works. Okay? It sounds a little better. That's what we're talking about. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But we need some context here. In John... Chapter 20, verse 19. This is after the crucifixion, on the day of the resurrection, before the disciples know that Jesus is resurrected. You need to know, the disciples weren't always believers. At this point, they are freaked out. They thought they were wrong. They no longer believe in Jesus. They don't know what to do because Jesus just died. If he really was the Messiah, he couldn't have died. That's where they are. They are now filled with doubt, filled with fear, and they're hiding in a room, and here's what we read. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid. Why are they afraid? Because the Jewish leaders just killed Jesus. They were followers of Jesus. They're next. What are we going to do? We're, we're, they're going to get us next. They're afraid, all right? We're talking about boldness in witness. Why is it that we aren't more bold? I'll just talk about me. I'm not bold because I'm afraid. You, Jim? Yes. You think of your fears? Here's my fears. I'm afraid that I might come across like that pushy guy. I'm afraid I might come across like one of those Christians. I'm afraid that they might not like Christianity because of I'm always talking about it. It's like they're not really interested, and I'm afraid of that rejection. I'm not afraid of some of the things a lot of people are afraid of. I'm afraid I'll mess up. I won't say it right. I mean, I spend a lot of time studying and a lot of times talking about it, so I can talk about it. That's not what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of the antagonism, the, the tensions, the, what they'll think of me. It's like, really? Is that where you are, Jim? Because you're afraid? Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. He says, peace. Peace be with you. All right, so... Inside the disciples, it switched from, I believe in Jesus, I'll die for you, to he's dead, we were wrong, i am got to hide, I'm totally afraid, and then here's how Jesus flipped the switch back. He shows up. Imagine this. Now, I want you to imagine it not like it was in this room, because it was pretty shocking, because the doors were locked, and he's there. But I'm going to go even more, okay? I don't have words for that, so sorry. Where 
Paul is busy trying to kill Christians and he's stopped by Jesus in his glory and his glory is so bright it it fries the front of his eyes, scales fall off, he's blinded until a miracle heals him. It's that bright. Jesus goes, and then he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay, I want you to imagine Jesus showing up. This is a Jesus moment. Come to Jesus moment. Actually, it's a Jesus come to you moment. Here we go. Okay? Imagine you're not very bold in your witness. You're afraid of what people think of you. And you're kind of not doing what all Christians are supposed to be doing if they're disciples to deny themselves, to pick up the cross and follow Jesus and live like Jesus. We're kind of not doing that very well. You know why it is that we do that? Because we will always behave what we really believe. Okay? So when we're not bold... We have a fuzzy believing going on. Jesus goes, why are you afraid to talk about me? Didn't I just come and die for you? Do you believe in me? Well, do now. Whoa. That's where the disciples were. What about us? What if he really showed up? Do you not believe in me? Yes, I do. Then what, what's the trouble here? Do you not believe that heaven is real? Do you not believe that hell is real? Man, if Jesus showed up, and he says, at those questions, oh, yeah, 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 I believe heaven is real. Oh, man, I believe hell is real. We would respond that way. We would instantaneously, the bold switch goes, right? We become bold because he's asking us these questions. Why are you afraid to talk about me? Are you afraid of rejection, really? After I took the rejection of the entire world for you, you're afraid of rejection, that kind of rejection? We go, oh, boom, the bold switch goes up, Right? And that's what happens to these disciples. Now, pause for a moment and think about this. They don't go bold because they've become Bible experts. The New Testament has not even been written. Not a word of it. All they have is the reality of his resurrection. And thinking that through, it's true. He is who he claimed to be. Bold. Bold. Just went up. And now... Yet Jesus says, wait, 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 because bold by itself is not enough. In fact, it goes all wrong. You also need the Holy Spirit, the power to be witnesses also, okay? And so we jump into Acts chapter 4. After they've had this experience, then we read the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them in Acts chapter 2. And then Acts chapter 4, verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers, And elders of the people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you, 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 you crucified. That's bold. He is not afraid to die. These are the guys that crucified Jesus. He used to hide and hide and wondering if they're going to be killed. He doesn't care if they kill him at this point. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. This is so real, so powerful, so authoritative. He calls them on it. This Jesus who you crucified is how I, through the power of the Spirit, was able to cause this crippled man to walk again. Bold, right? Boldness is not a decision of the will. 
It comes from the power of your experience with the reality of Jesus Christ because you will behave what you believe. When Jesus Christ becomes real to you and the Spirit of God fills you up, inside things begin to shift and change and be put back into order. You can't help but talk about that as a reality because you're experiencing that reality. This is bold in witness. Point number one. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. You want to get us talking? Start sharing pictures of grandkids. We can talk and talk and talk. Oh, it's so great. Da, da, da. We had so much fun. Da, 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 da. Right? Whatever we believe deeply, what's really close to our heart, we start talking. You guys who think you never talk about anything, you start talking about your favorite sports team. Blah, 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 blah. Right? You can talk because you're really into that thing that you're into deeply. We use the, the language this way even. We find a restaurant we really like. Oh, and we love that meal. We love that dessert. We say things like, it's to die for. Really? No, Jesus is calling us to a mission that's so meaningful, so purposeful, so powerful that it goes beyond this life. We're willing to die for it. It's that important kind of boldness. And that's where Peter and John and the rest of the disciples were. So we do talk about those things that we believe deeply. Here's an example, Acts chapter 4, 12 to 13. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could, not, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Some of you feel that way. I don't know what to say because I don't really know the scriptures that well. I don't know how to look up the verses and I don't really know what to say. Hold the phone. It's not that hard. Talk about your experience and that Jesus really rose from the dead. It, you don't believe it because the Bible said. You believe it because it's a reality. Because he really did rise from the dead. That's how they all came to believe it. And then when the Bible says it, you start reading it all fits together so well. It's like you, that belief becomes even more solid, more firm. You can point to this and point to that and point to this. But the whole movement exploded before the Bible was written and completed and in the hands of people. You know enough if you'll draw near to the reality of the experience of Jesus and believe that he is who he is. We all say, if he just showed up, do you believe in me? We go, yeah. But we're second generation believers who have to believe and that reality has taken place and the evidence is there and we can point to that evidence and now the reality is in my own experience, he's totally revolutionized my life and he answers my prayers and this is happening. It's real. You've got to try it. Bold. Ordinary men... With no special training in the scriptures, they're speaking to the scripture experts in the Old Testament. And they're confounding their wisdom with the reality, confronting them with the reality that Jesus is who he claimed to be. How do you get around it? The tomb is empty. You tried to, to do everything possible to make sure that he would, know, he would stay there. He's real. Can't you see all these others are talking about him? They all saw him. We saw him. There's nothing you can do to convince us otherwise. Bold. And they also recognize them as men who had been with Jesus. 
Some of you may recognize when I get excited that I am a man who has been with Jesus. Some of my enthusiasm and passion isn't just coffee. It's the convinced reality of what he's done inside of me. I can't help but let it out and convince you this is real. That's what each one of us needs to get a hold of. Point number two. How amazed are people by your boldness for Christ? How amazed are people by your boldness for Christ? So we have a scale. This is just for you to just self-evaluate. Please don't circle 10. Okay? That would be reserved for like somebody that's fully like Jesus. And I'm not sure we're there yet. Okay? I would put myself around two. I'm pretty pretty bold at work. Um, Here I am. Uh, I'm pretty bold even at work on off days too because people are expecting me to be bold. It's when I'm caught off guard with regular relationships, neighbors, clerks, people I interact with. That's where it's like, oh, I need to up my game from the two or three that probably if I'm realistic. I am acting as if I don't really believe those souls that are like non-entities in front of me are eternal souls, the most valuable things to God on this planet. They're forever. Don't I really believe it? If I really believe it, it's going to affect my behavior. So I've got some work to do. Maybe you do too. Where are you on this boldness scale? If you're higher on the scale, you already know it because there's a lot of people here at church sitting with you right now because of your boldness. You know it. You know that you become bold, they see it, that's why you have five or six people or two rows reserved of the people that you've brought. You have a list of people you care for and love that you're praying for and you know they're on their way to being here, they're just not here yet. You're bold already. If you're down lower, you need to create a list. How do I get to know somebody that doesn't already believe? Okay, you got some work to do. Okay, so where are you on this? Point number three, how to... Grow in boldness. How do we grow in boldness? A on your outline, we've already covered it. Spend more time with Jesus. But you just said, we don't have the advantage of seeing Jesus. We have the advantage of hearing his words, interacting with words that were accurately recorded to listen to Jesus and spend time with the real Jesus who is present every time two or three are gathered in his name. Jesus says, I will be there in their midst. Get to know Jesus. And it helps to be around So small group plug here. Helps to be around others who are following Jesus. And as we're doing life together, Jesus becomes more and more real as you're doing life for Jesus at the center. Okay? Spend more time with Jesus. Be on your outline. Ask God for more boldness. Okay? So it's not enough to hear. Be bold. You need to ask and want to be bold. I want to show you a cheesy illustration. This is a pink sponge. It's a used pink sponge. It's not very sweet smelling because I just grabbed it from the break room in the offices. Um, don't be a stinking sponge. <laughs> all right? A stinking sponge comes, soaks it all in, 
but doesn't really use what's soaked in. And if you soaked in the stuff, I mean, what is a sponge for? A sponge is for cleaning off plates and dirty stuff, and it soaks it all in. And if you don't really clean it, rinse it out, and you set it back on the sink ledge, right, it sits there and sours. You ever picked one of those up? A soured sponge, you pick it up, you want to use it to clean something, you clean something, and it's like, what do I smell? It's like, ooh, it's the sponge. And then it's like, ah, okay? Don't be a stinking sponge, because if you're a stinking sponge, God, even God says, I can't use you. Ah, you're getting all over me. Okay? How do you not be a stinking sponge? You soak in what God gives you and you use what God gives you so you have inlet and outlet. If you only have inlet and you just sit, soak, you'll sour. And God says, I can't even use you. All you do is sit and soak. You love the word of God, you say, but you don't behave what you believe. Don't be a stinking sponge. In Acts 4.29 about boldness, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Hear their threats. Okay, I'm Mr. Safety Guy. I like to look at organizations, try to keep us safe, make sure we don't implode. I look at my own life, make sure I don't, you know, dive off a cliff with too shallow of water. It's like everything is safety, safety, safety. And my prayer would be, they're, they're issuing threats. My prayer would be, oh God, keep me and my family safe. Oh God, keep our church safe. Oh God, keep us together. Make sure that we don't die. Keep us together. That is not their prayer. And now, oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching the word. It's like, bring it on. And give us a boldness so we can bring it on. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, deny yourself your own desire for safety, your own desire for doing it all for me, me, me. Let that go. Take your eyes off of me, me, me. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him. Ask for the boldness that he has. Follow him in his steps and ask for more boldness when it's getting hot out there. Some people don't like it that you keep talking to them about Jesus. And Jesus says, you're afraid of rejection? That's what I came to do for you. I came to my own and my own rejected me. I absorbed all the rejection, all the sin, all the darkness so that you could be released of that. And I conquered death so you could be released of fear, released of sin. Now we have a movement here. It's about my kingdom, not your kingdom. Come, follow me. I'll put your life together if you'll just let go of you and follow me. You'll become the best you that I could ever put together. Let go of you and follow me, and I'll put the best you together, what I've designed you to be, my life, my light inside of you, shining through the multifaceted brilliance of who I've created you to be. Let the rest go. Follow me. Everybody around you will be amazed at the life, the boldness, the hope inside of you and it won't be you and you won't be focused on you it will be me amen to that here's a prayer i'd like to finish with i'll just read it for you and i'll challenge you to consider praying it in a moment dear god i love you and thank you for opening the way for me to experience unimaginable glory with you forever Do you know that we're talking about a new heavens and a new earth? 
we're not talking about floating in the sky and playing harps, okay? We're talking about unimaginable glory, better than Eden glory. Please forgive me for being too silent in the mission you have called me to. As I spend time with you, please fill me with your thoughts, your thoughts, desires, and compassion. Please help me to be more bold. I ask this because of Jesus' accomplished victory and for his honor. Amen. Let's stand together. I don't know if you are there yet where you're able to pray such a prayer. But let me just challenge you. If some of the things that I've said today are calling forth something bigger and selfless and it's rising up inside you, you want a meaningful life and you want to test this reality, a prayer is always a test of the reality. Praying to the God who you're trusting to be real and say, will you do this? You might just see if he's real today. Would you pray this with me out loud? Dear God, I love you and thank you for opening the way for me to experience unimaginable glory with you forever. Please forgive me for being too silent in the mission you have called me to. As I spend time with you, please fill me with your thoughts, desires, and compassion. Please help me to be more bold. I ask this because of Jesus' accomplished victory and for his honor, amen. Amen? All right, don't be a stinking sponge. You got to do something about this or you're going to start to stink, all right? Next week is next episode of Selfless and it's a challenging one also. I hope you'll be here. If you're carrying a load and would like somebody to lift that load with prayer, there's a prayer team to the right. And if you just want to talk about more about Jesus, they'd be happy to pray with you too. So prayer team to the right, anything you got. Thank you for being here. See you next week.